Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. One of the challenges of traveling is managing your money. If you're tired of getting crushed by bank fees and exchange rates, you need to check out wise.com. I have been a customer for over 10 years. This is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. It's been essential for me first as a traveler, then later as a digital nomad and an expat living abroad, running a business from around the world. You get one account, which allows you to send, spend, and convert money internationally, all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. You can join 16 million customers, learn how the Wise account can work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to Wise for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travel is brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at nissanusa.com. Getting on that plane with that one-way ticket in our hands was like, wow, this is real. <laughs> this is real. Oh, yes. What a feeling getting on a plane with a one-way ticket or an indefinite trip where you don't know when or if it'll end. That feeling of adventure of what lies ahead. And that was a clip from my lovely conversation that you'll hear today with my new friend, Christina. She survived stage four cancer. She was told she had a 10% chance of survival and we talk about how that experience affected her life and her decision to travel we talk about what it's like living full-time in south america and the thought process behind it and one of the other things that comes up in our conversation is this idea of letting life goals determine your destinations rather than picking a destination first and kind of planning around that this is another way to approach your travels and your life on the road. And when you're traveling full time, it is a lot different from vacation time. It's traveling as a lifestyle. And there are challenges that come with that. We don't shy away from those challenges in this conversation. We talk about how travel can change your relationship with the people that you travel with, for better or worse, maybe in some cases. And we get her biggest piece of advice for getting paid to travel without having a big following on Instagram. I know that's something that some people want to do. And staying within budget when multiple people are involved with your travels. If it's not just a solo trip and you've got, in Christina's case, a family of four, or maybe a spouse or a partner you're working with and you're sharing your budget, how do you keep that budget down? What are the advantages and disadvantages? And so much more. Plus, I'll share some thoughts around the downside of setting goals and Instabond while you're traveling, how that relates to everything that's going on in the world and plenty of other goodies packed into this episode. Are you ready to get into it? Let's do it. Buckle up, strap in. Thanks for being here and welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms, to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. 
And welcome to this action-packed episode. Got a fun one, as you heard at the top. And I wanted to start off with an incredible exercise I did the other day that I think you might enjoy doing as well. I've had so much fun putting this together. And this came up as a question from one of our Premium Passport members. If you go to zerototravel.com slash premium, you can learn more about that. It's essentially a private Zero to Travel podcast feed and community where you can get access to all of the archives, 300 plus Zero to Travel podcast episodes, and a ton more. Anyway, Kristen, got to give her a shout out because she asked me, hey, Jason, what is your ideal one-year trip with your family? I'd love to hear what plans you have in store post-COVID and what you're dreaming up. And this was awesome because... This is something I've thought about a lot in my head, but I never actually put down to paper. And that's why I'm bringing this up because if you have been thinking about some travels in your head or some type of longer term trip, maybe even full time, have you put it down on paper yet? Have you really sketched it out? Because just going through this exercise really gave me some clarity on what it is I would do when I, when I'm going to say I take a year off and travel the world with my family, because it's definitely something I want to do again. It's been going around in my head, but I haven't actually put pen to paper or keyboard to screen, however that works, and sketched it out. I'll share with you what that year looked like for me, because I I think it came together pretty well. For me, one year on the road with my family would look something like this. Six weeks, back in my home country in the USA, visiting family because I live overseas. And I need some hang time with them and in my home country. And part of that would be extending my stay back in the US and road tripping. One of my all-time favorite travel things to do is road trip around the US. Maybe that's because I spent a decade plus doing it. And it's been so long since I've traveled in that way extensively around the States I thought three and a half months in an RV, you know, family could come out and meet up. I could spend time in my home country, meet some friends along the way, and just chill. So right there, I've already racked up five months. Anyway, I'd spend a month back in Norway recuperating and visiting family here, then hit the road again for another six months volunteering and home exchanging around Europe, specifically Eastern Europe and a bit of Western Europe as well. So it's definitely slow travel with some of the sharing economy stuff, volunteer type stuff mixed in to help offset the costs and give us a chance to have all these amazing experiences together. And a year goes too fast. Just like that, a year is over. So I want to say thanks to Kristen for asking me that question and giving me an opportunity to put this in writing. Thanks for the inspiration, Kristen. If you are listening and you haven't put pen to paper yet for a journey you might want to take, And maybe that includes some of your life goals and different things. And take some time today. Take 15 minutes to do that. Sit down with a cup of coffee or tea or whatever makes you feel cozy and write out a little itinerary for yourself. I'm not saying this would be exactly it and this might change, but this is how I'm feeling right now. And this felt really good to me. And it was so fun. And it definitely made things more real. And it got me more excited about planning this year on the road with my family when COVID breaks and we can find the the time, the right time to do this. So I'm stoked. And I brought this one up specifically because I'm talking to my new friend, Christina today, who is out on the road with her family, living in South America, traveling around, living nomadically as a family. And they haven't looked back. And you can hear what that experience is like. You heard at the top all the things we're going to cover. 
and plenty more going on in this conversation. And I do encourage you to stick around. After the interview, I'm going to talk about some of the downside of setting goals, some things to be cautious of when you're goal setting, whether it's travel or life goals. Plus, what may be a silver lining coming out of this pandemic related to something I've noticed while traveling. So we'll talk about all that after the interview segment. Now, let's slip and slide into this interview and I will see you on the other side, my friend. You have two kids, right? Yeah, two boys. Yeah, but they're they're older. One that's fifteen um, and twelve. Um, so, but they're, it's, they're yeah, they're fun ages. So, I mean, every stage is different. You know, little kids and you know, almost one. You know, almost two teenagers. But but we we have, we've enjoyed this stage. It's it's a fun stage because they can do anything. You know, we can take them and do anything now. And so we don't have any limitations when we travel, which we love. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's super nice. Well, if you've traveled with small kids, you already know. I don't need to tell you. It's a totally different travel experience and not always the easiest. In fact, well, I mean, obviously we're in a pandemic, so we're not traveling a lot anyway or at all. Even if we weren't, I wouldn't be traveling as much just because I was telling somebody this the other day. or Maybe I was talking about it on the podcast. It's just, it's still fun, but it's it's a lot more challenging and you can't just kind of it's different. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Especially with younger kids. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're limited and sometimes the places you go, but also how much you can realistically pack in in a day, you know? And Exactly. Uh, you can do and, one thing. You can do yeah. one thing. <laughs> you got to set your expectations down a little bit. <laughs> and I mean, one thing, even if you're home and conditions are perfect and you're just going like 15 minutes away to a playground, that's one thing. That's yeah. the one thing you can do the whole day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it, no. I mean, it's still fun. And, and I mean, it's, it's, it's so fun to see the world through like their eyes, you know, and, and especially when they're younger, I just remember just everything was just so magical, you know, kind of loses that a little bit when they get older. Um, especially if they travel a lot, they kind of get a little bit jaded, not jaded, it's not the right word, but um, it's just not as, you know, like our kids make, make this comment a lot. They say, well, the thing is, is that we've been to so many amazing places that, you know, it's not that special. (laughs) I'm just like, do you hear yourself? (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe when you, yeah, it's, it's a, you learn to maybe not try to compare in that way, depending on who you are when you get older, sometimes, you know, you figure that out. Yeah. That's, that's probably a natural reaction you know for i mean if you're if you're on the road for a while that's kind of how you do get a little spoiled in that way right you're like look amazing thing number 52 amazing thing number 126 and you're just like wow this is but uh, i think that's where like beginner's mind or just like this idea of the freshness of each day i mean that's one of the draws of living in that way right living on the road it's it's just kind of like every day is sort of its own Every day can be an adventure at home as well, and that's a, a mindset. But I should give you a little intro here since we're recording, uh, because adventure is a word that uh, you guys have as part of your your work, your your blog and your website, adventuretogether.com. I am on with Christina McAvoy, and I want to say welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> 
You didn't know we were doing the thing just there, no, did I you? Did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, you did. Okay, good. Good. I mean, you're full-time in South America right now. I mean, at least that's what you you told me when we kind of worked out this interview and it's going on 2 years uh, next month. Why South America as opposed to like another region? Well, that's a good question. Um, so a couple of factors. When when we were kind of planning our full-time travels, one, we knew we wanted to slow travel. We didn't have a goal to try to hit so many different countries in, in two you know years or so. Our, our goal was to really slow travel in a region. Um, and really get to know, you know, a, a place, you know, different countries. We didn't want to just like make this checklist and just say, okay, you know, we spent five days in this country and let's move on. Like that wasn't our goal. Um, we really wanted to be able to d- dive deeper. So, so we knew for sure we wanted to slow travel. Then it was just a matter of which region of the world. And, and we had a goal of learning Spanish and our kids particularly learning Spanish. And so it made sense to us to travel in Central and South America for that reason. Um, but also another draw to Central and South America was the fact that a lot of countries in this region of the world kind of get a bad reputation. Um, there's a lot of stigma center, you know, focused on, you know, they're drug infested, they're violent, they're corrupt, you know, they're not, they're not safe, you know. And we knew just talking to, you know, well-traveled travelers that that wasn't the case. And we wanted to find that out for ourselves. And we also really wanted to show people that South America can be very family friendly because it's not really a region of the world that you see a lot of families traveling to um, other than a couple of key destinations like Machu Picchu, Galapagos. But outside of, you know, a few, a handful of places, you don't see a lot of families saying, hey, let's pack up our bags and go to Colombia or Bolivia or even Ecuador, you know. And so we really kind of wanted to, we really love to travel off the beaten path anyways. And so that was a draw too, was let's, let's wander through South America for a couple of years and hopefully prove to people that it is indeed safe. It is indeed family friendly. Um, and such, such an incredible diverse continent. I mean, it's, it's Mm. just amazing. I love it. So we made the right choice. (laughs) (laughs) So before this, were you guys living like sort of the traditional lifestyle back in the States or what were you guys doing? Yeah. So we were, we were living in Boise, Idaho, actually. Um, we were living there for 11 years. My husband is actually a physical therapist by, by trade or where did you guys meet? Uh, we met in college. We met okay. in college in uh, Utah State University. Um, so we were big, you know, outdoors, you know, lovers back then. And so that kind of drew us to each other. And the outdoors are obviously plentiful in Utah. So, um, so yeah, we met, you know, 25, I don't know, years ago. We've been married for 20. Um, uh, and we've Congratulations. Been That's a Thank big number. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, and then we were living in Idaho, like I mentioned, Boise for 11 years. Um, my husband was a physical therapist. I was working kind of part time, um, in a financial advising office, but I was also running our blog and our social media. And we'd gotten, we kind of had this dream of traveling full time for many years, like before we even had kids, but just for whatever reason, life just didn't work that way. You know, I hadn't pulled the trigger, you know, went through a lot of challenges. I, I had cancer. 
my husband was going to, you know, through grad school and just trying to get to develop his career. So finally, about six years ago, almost six years ago, we kind of really started talking about this dream again. And we're like, you know, it would be really cool to be able to travel with our kids full time. And we, we talked about doing this, but maybe we should actually do it, <laughs> you know? So we just kind of started working towards it and researching how we could do it, how we could work remotely, where we would go. Um, of course it was a lot of planning and it took, it took a big leap of faith to be honest. Um, just because we were living, you know, traditionally and we did travel a lot, but not like this, obviously. Yeah. So it was a, it was a huge lifestyle. This isn't traveling. This is living on the road. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new life. It's a new lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. It's, so, it's not you leave a life and then come back to like sort of a set up life in a particular place. This is your lifestyle yeah. now, right? We don't I mean, have a home. Yep. We don't have a home base. Like our, basically our Airbnbs are our homes and we make them our home. And, um, and it's, it's been, you know, a challenging experience, but obviously a very rewarding enriching experience that we wouldn't trade for anything. You kind of mentioned in passing that you had cancer. I, I, I would like to talk about that if that's okay. Sure. Just talk about that experience. Like, did that change anything about your outlook on life? How many years ago was that? Or um, Yeah. So I was diagnosed with stage four uh, melanoma, actually, metastatic melanoma, about 10 years ago, a little more than 10 years ago. So that was a pretty big deal. My kids were two and five at the time, so close to your kids' ages. And I mean, I was 32. So imagine being 32, two small kids, and you're told you have a 10% chance of survival. Um, it was a really rough time in our lives. Um, but, you know, I just always kind of just had this gut feeling, call it, that I wasn't done. I just thought, you know what? I just don't think that this is it for me. I just feel like I have more of life to live. And so obviously having two young kids really, really gives you that strong drive to live. Um, but I just didn't feel done. And so um, I was lucky. I was one of the lucky ones, obviously, that uh, the treatments worked for me. Um, and here I am 10 years later. I actually celebrated my 10-year anniversary in August of this year. Yeah. Um, so Yay. that was a big deal. <laughs> yes. Really, yeah. Congratulations. Really Thank you. Um, yeah. yeah, so I, that definitely, of course, going through any, any life threatening illness or, or, um, something or an event like that kind of really changes your mindset. Um, I always kind of had lived life to the fullest. I would say I was one of those people that kind of did that pretty well before cancer, but definitely, um, going through that kind of like next level, you know, and I think it changed our perspective in a lot of ways. And, and in one of those ways was that we'd had this dream, like I'd mentioned to travel full time, even long before kids. But after going through cancer, I was like, you know, you know, I don't want to wait until we're retired. I don't want to wait until our kids are grown. Like I want to do this with our kids. And I just knew that we needed to grab, grab the chance when we could. And so when we hit when I hit my five-year anniversary, that was when we really started talking about it seriously um, because it was like, okay, I made it five years. I'm not having to go to my oncologist every three, six months anymore. And so it seemed like it was a more realistic plan or idea. Um, and that was kind of when things kind of started rolling. The ball started rolling and, and the wheels started turning. And 
And before we knew it, we were selling our house and putting all of our, our stuff in storage and taking mm -hmm. off. Um, so you did sell your house and kind of yeah. got rid of a lot of things. Yeah, we did. We didn't, we didn't sell everything because that didn't seem like a very practical thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, you're going to need a coffee maker again one day, for example. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We got rid of stuff that we knew we probably wouldn't use or that our kids would outgrow. But I mean, we kept most of our stuff and in, in storage and, and, uh, it was scary. I'll be honest. It was, uh, it was a big leap of faith because we were kind of at that point we were working remotely. Um, but we weren't sure like financially, okay, is this gonna, is this gonna work out long-term financially or are we going to get six months down the road and run out of money or, or, you know, so that was, that was the, that was probably the biggest risk that we made. But, um, but I mean, definitely like getting on that plane with that one way ticket in our hands was like, wow, this is real. <laughs> this mm -hmm. is real. Yeah. Um, but you know what? We wanted it so bad. It was such it was such a, a big dream of ours that we were like so motivated to make it happen and and make it work. And um, and it, so, I mean, it's amazing what you can do when you're that motivated and you have that much drive. Um, you know, that pressure can be a lot, but it really can. When you have your back against the wall, it's amazing what you can do. Um, so we, we just are so excited that we've like made it two years almost and still going, you know, our, our, obviously our plan, our course has changed a lot this year with the pandemic, but, but we've, we've somehow continued and, and made it work. So it's been yeah, in some ways it's probably good. You guys left before the pandemic. Cause then you might've put it off even further. This episode is brought to you by us bank. Recently I went out for tacos and it wasn't even Friday. Yes. We have taco Friday in Norway not Taco Tuesday. Well, more importantly, I could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells. Introducing the US Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, including tacos. Plus, you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and EV charging stations. You're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite street streaming services. Go to usbank.com slash altitude go to learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big with the US Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash altitude go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. We're excited to partner with Nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off the beaten path destinations to visit. And there's no better vehicle for that than the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. And it even has the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds. So you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there. And that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself. And that's why 
We're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. I am going to ask you some for some of your best advice on budget travel and, and money and stuff, but we're going to wait on that a little bit. I still want to talk about this this decision that you made because I'm wondering what the conversations with the kids look like. Would you have to do a lot of selling with them or because just because you guys wanted to do it didn't necessarily mean the other humans in the house wanted to, or maybe they did. I don't know. Yeah, actually they were on game. They were game. Um, they're, they're both pretty adventurous. Um, one of them is more so than the other naturally just by personality. But, but because we had talked about it so openly with them for years um, this wasn't something that we just sprung on them one day, like, hey, guys, guess what we're going to do? We're going to sell the house and go travel. Yeah, it wasn't like that. I mean, we had been talking about it with them for two, three years before we even pulled the trigger and and, and getting them excited and showing them, you know, the, you know, the map and showing them the different places that we would love to go and showing them photos and videos. I mean, we love watching like planet Earth kind of video. So they're they're naturally um, inquisitive and curious about the world and the planet. And we traveled quite a bit, like I mentioned before. So it wasn't like they didn't kind of have the travel bug in them. Um, but of course that was, you know, vacation time, not traveling as a lifestyle. So very different, but, but they were, they were a hundred percent on board, um, you know, leading up to it, uh, as we got closer to leaving, um, there was a few hard moments, you know, leaving family saying goodbye to our dog, um, even if it was temporary. I mean, there was definitely some tears. But once we got, you know, once we got to our first destination, which was Guatemala, um, there was a level of excitement like, wow, this is going to be cool. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is going to be We're cool. We're doing this together. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, because I imagine I think back to those ages. I mean, I would have been uh, and I love travel and I even loved it then, but I didn't do a lot of overseas travel, really none at that age. But the idea of leaving your friends as a teenager would have been a really big deal for me. Was that? Yeah. Um, you know, actually that wasn't as hard for both of our kids. Um, at the time our oldest was 13 and our youngest was 10. Um, and so we were kind of like, dude, if we can skip middle school, <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> so, because middle school is just, you know, it's. So you're kind of like, that's kind of the plan to stay on the road, yeah. like all through middle school, and then they go back for high school. Is that. Yeah. Well, our oldest is in, he's a sophomore right now. So um, we knew he would miss the first two years of high school, um, and, and he missed the last year of middle school. Um, for our youngest, we knew that he would miss sixth and seventh grade, and we were so happy about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Yeah, like what uh, What are maybe some of the better lessons to learn, I think, back? It's just a different experience, you know, and you can't trade in your experience for another one, but so you're giving them a, a dif- different type of unique experience through the travel uh, what have been the biggest challenges? Like I know when you gain a lot when you travel like this, of course, and, and as far as like experiencing other cultures and food and all the stuff that I don't need to rehash because if you're listening to this, you're a traveler and you know, or, or you want to and you, and you know what you're excited about. But, you know, anytime you travel nomadically like this, it's, of course, you're giving things up too. You can't have like, you can't live one lifestyle 
you can't live multiple lifestyles at the same time, right? Like, so th there are certain perks I would say to like being settled down in one place too. Uh, for example, like maybe steady community or connections and things like that. So, I mean, what are, what have been some of the toughest parts about the new lifestyle? I guess new I'm using in air quotes cause it's been a couple of years now, but yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good question. Um, so, uh, you know, I think one of the challenges is just, it, it's so, it, it's it, every day. And you mentioned this earlier, and we are living outside of our comfort zone pretty much every day. Um, you know, the newness is an exciting thing, but that comes with a challenge too. Um, you know, we move, uh, you know, so we, we stay in a country, well, before the pandemic, um, we were staying in one country for one to three months. Um, and now with the pandemic, uh, we've only been in two countries this year. We were in Chile for five months when the pandemic hit and we got kind of stuck down there in Patagonia. And then we've been in a oh, terrible place to be stuck. I, I know. Right. <laughs> well, you know, it, it was and it wasn't. It, it wasn't obviously for for good reasons. But but uh, actually, it really kind of sucked because all the national parks were closed. So we we never we never made it to uh, iconic Torres del Pine. You know, we got to see it from a distance. We got to see it from an airplane. We got to see it from the entrance of the park. But we never got to step foot in the park. So it really kind of sucked for that for that point. But but and then we've been in Ecuador for four months. So um, our travel has changed even more this year. But uh, but, you know, I think, you know, moving around even one every one to three months, you know, you kind of have to adapt so quickly and like find that sense of community. Like you said, you know, for us, that was one of the reasons why we want to slow travel was if we can make some friends in each place and give our kids some kind of uh, community, even though it's totally different. Um, that was important to us, but it's a challenge to find that community when you're only going to be there for, you know, one to three months and, and also the language barrier. Um, so, you know, I mentioned that one of our goals was to learn Spanish and we thought when we left, we were so naive. We're like, Oh, we'll be fluent in like six months. <laughs> With all that, that extra time you have between homeschooling and running a business and <laughs> you nailed it. You nailed it. That's exactly that was, I think, one of the things that we did not have a, a realistic, you know, mindset around. I, I, I think everything else we were pretty realistic about. But but that was one thing that we thought, oh, for sure, we'll be fluent in nine, you know, six to nine months. And we're still not fluent. We can get by. We can definitely get by. Um, but our grammar is not that great, our Spanish. Um, and the problem is, is that every country too, it's a little different, you know, um, some people have, you know, speak faster, some have, you know, a lot of different slang words, or they cut off a lot of words. And uh, we found it really hard to understand Chileans, um, especially. Um, and then you add the masks now, it's like, it, it just makes it even more challenging. So um, that's been one of those challenges that we thought would be easier at this point, but and it, it, it is, but it's still not what we had hoped it to be. We thought we'd be fluent, yeah. you know, staying in, in one region of the world. Um, so that has been a, a big challenge. And, and, I, and like I mentioned, uh, just getting to a place, getting to know the area, you know, figuring out the bus system, figuring out how we're going to get around, figuring out where the closest grocery store is, the closest bank. I mean, all the things that you would normally have to do anyways when you travel, but we have to do those more frequently, mm -hmm. you know. Um, 
So yeah, that's it's, yeah, that's always been uh, that's just one of the things that comes with this, right? That's part of the process is you get to a new place, you got to kind of figure it out. And frankly, I mean, that's part of the fun, right? The, the new, the, the learning of the, of the local system and, and getting to know a, a new town and all that stuff. But also, like you said, it can be tiring when it's just much easier when you show up in your town, you're like, all right, I'm going to walk over there and get that thing. Cause I know they make delicious burritos and I'm going to go over here and, it's just a different experience for everybody, but you learn you learn so much, and I think you learn to become super resourceful as well. I I'm wondering as a parent, just putting my parenting hat on. Of course, my kids are small now, so they don't really play outside by themselves yet. Of course, <laughs> your kids play outside by themselves, and I imagine my kids being teenagers, like it would be a lot easier to kind of let them out the door to go do whatever. Versus like, all right, now I have this element of I just showed up in a new country, in a new town, don't know anything. Oh, you guys want to run down and get a snack? Okay. Like, how do you handle that as a parent? Yeah, that's actually a really good question. Um, So when we first started traveling uh, long term like this, we were in Guatemala. And, you know, of course, Guatemala can get kind of a bad rep. And so we were kind of like, everybody was like, oh, make sure that you, you know, stay with your kids all the time. And we're like, duh, obviously, you know. Um, And I remember like, you know, after the first month there, we kind of got more comfortable. We kind of realized, okay, we're actually a lot safer than we thought we were um, or thought we would be, I guess. And uh, we got to a point where we're like, you know, we felt comfortable sending our kids down the street to the Panaderia to get bread, you know. Um, Or my husband and I were like, maybe we can take a date night and like, you know, go get some some food for dinner and not and leave the kids at home. Whereas like before we left, we weren't sure if we would do that, you know, and not because we didn't feel like our kids would be safe. It was more, um, it was more the fact that what if something happens to us while we're out, you know, and our kids are back in our apartment or house and we're in this foreign country, you know, that was a real fear of mine, um, especially my, not my husband so much. And it was like, you know, a month in that we realized maybe we'll be okay. Maybe our kids will be okay walking down the street and, you know, obviously not at nighttime, but um, we actually learned that pretty quickly. And so when we get to a new place and we learn the area and we kind of figure out where everything is, we definitely feel, you know, because we always choose places strategically um, and we choose places that are, you know, safe and and so, you know, after we've kind of gotten our bearings there, we feel 100% fine with our kids, you know, walking down the streets to get something. Or or even yesterday, we're, we're in Ecuador on the coast, and we're like 100 meters from the beach. And our kids are very strong swimmers. Um, we learned how to surf about a year ago in El Salvador. And, uh, and we've had some practice the last three weeks. And so they're like, we're going to go out and surf. And I'm like, okay, you know, and... I felt fine letting them go out and surf, you know? Um, Of course, there are kids all over there going out and surfing, right? They're just another couple of kids. But I know this is like fear-based thinking, but sometimes in parenting world, for those of you that aren't parents, sometimes you think you're going to be, you know, I I feel like I'm the one that like will let my kids go. But of course, there's an element of... uh, fear around anything happening to them of course and that's just that just comes out of love you know i was just curious how you what town are you in uh we are in uh well you probably wouldn't know it but it's it's near montanita i don't know if you've heard of montanita ecuador it's a big surf town yep Um, yeah my friends lived there for a while 
Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We're about 15 minutes north of, of Montanita, right on the beach. Um, yeah, I, it's like supposedly an awesome place. It is. We yeah. love it. We, we've loved it. We have another two weeks here. We've been here for ah, three weeks tomorrow, actually. So, um, so we've been here for three weeks already. And, and we, we picked it because we wanted to surf and we wanted to spend some time on the coast. And um, it was a perfect place to kind of finish our, our time in Ecuador. We've been here for four months. So mm-hmm. it's been, an, it's, been know, a good- it's like, it's cool. I'm just thinking because the homeschooling thing, and I've talked about that in the podcast, we don't need to get into that. If you want more advice on that, I've done, you could search, it. I've done quite a few interviews around that. This time, especially where a lot of kids are on line for school anyway, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's really not any different than being at home now. Yeah, exactly. That's just by happenstance, of course, but yeah. it just goes to show, well, like, you know, if you're listening to this and, and you're a parent going through that, well, like, you know, they can attend school online from anywhere. So it's just another, another thing to think about. I had a question about uh, some of the business stuff because- it's a decision to make a living out of your travel as opposed to something else, right? And I don't know if your husband's doing something else, if you guys both work on this together. You know, like capturing travel or like, it's all sort of integrated. So it's it's a chore as well. Like, I'm just wondering, yeah, on the business side, yeah, what, what are your thoughts? Are like, how did you decide to do what you're doing and to make, you know, a blog and a business around travel as opposed to, I'm going to have an e-commerce store selling, you know, blah, blah widget. And then I'm going to be done for the day. And then I'm going to go, you know, surfing and enjoy my experience here. Yeah. So, um, well, I mean, we started our blog, you know, long before we started traveling full time. So that was kind of up and running. And then, and then same with our social media, we'd actually had success with that first before our blog kind of took off. Um, like we were getting, you know, some really awesome sponsorships with brands and, and tours of boards. So we were working with with a lot of different uh, you know companies and destinations um, before we traveled full time. So we knew that that was something we wanted to do. But but I will say that that wasn't our goal when we traveled full time. Our goal wasn't to make that part of the business like our full time gig. Um, we wanted to be able to still choose where we could travel. We didn't want to be traveling dictated by where the companies were going to send us. You know, it was like, we still want to travel on our agenda. And, you know, if there's opportunities in that area, (laughs) then yeah, cool. But, but it wasn't ever our goal to be like, oh, we're going to, you know, fly here because we have some gig. Like that wasn't ever our goal. Um, it was always just, let's, let's stick to our agenda and our plan and let's kind of work it in, you know, if we can, you know, so, so that was a, that was one of the goals. Um, but yeah, creating content when it's your job, like as a travel content creator, it can definitely be tricky, um, to balance that because you still want to be able to enjoy the places and not feel like you have to constantly be shooting. Um, and, and I think for me, at least as I, I'm kind of the main content creator photographer, I mean, we definitely are a team. Um, my husband, you know, obviously helps too, but I would say I do most of the, the photography part of it. And then he kind of does like the GoPro, the drone. So, you know, we kind of, you know, tag team there. Um, and then our kids help too. Um, my oldest son, he like edits the photos, um, or edits the videos, sorry, edits the videos, puts those together. So we do kind of work together as a family to, to do it. Um, but you know, it is a balance and it's something that I ha- we have to consciously 
like think about like, okay, let's shoot some, some photos and then let's be done, you know, or, um, let's kind of plan ahead the kind of photos we want to get at this destination. And then, and actually helps to kind of plan ahead. Like we, we know we want to get this shot when we're in the Galapagos or whatever, you know, um, that, that helps us kind of be able to balance and turn off. Yeah, you don't that. have to like jam up the whole day trying to get one thing that yeah. you don't know what you're going for. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's a balance for sure. But, but then I look back at all of the photos and videos that we have and it's just amazing. It's amazing to, to capture those memories in that way. And, um, uh, you know, I, I kind of joke about this, but like our biggest challenge when we get a home again someday is going to be figuring out what pictures do we print and put on the wall? <laughs> There's so many, oh, There's so tough. many tough life yeah. right, right? I, <laughs> but i mean seriously I, I we feel so blessed that we have captured so many memories and and um and really like during a time where our boys are growing up so fast like you know I, i'm editing this video right now that we did like a year ago in colombia and and that was like you know about 15 months ago we were in colombia and I'm just like amazed at how much they've grown in 15 months. And I'm just like, wow. I mean, their voices have changed and and their faces look different. Like, it's just so cool to have that kind of, uh, you know, content to be able to. I mean, to me, that's like our most priceless possession. You know, um, if anything happened to our hard drive, I don't know what I'd do. <laughs> you know, like that's the most important thing that we own. And and for our kids to be able to have those memories someday when they're grown and they can show their own families. Like my family traveled, we traveled all over South America for two plus years. And yeah. I mean, that's just priceless. I mean, are you ever going to regret that, right? It's no, like, never I mean, how, uh, outside of the physical changes, how, what are the biggest changes you've seen in them as individuals that you could maybe correlate to travel and, and on that note, maybe the, any changes uh, in terms of like the family dynamic or your relationship with your family. Would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee every day? I've tried it all. I've done the pour over. I've done the French press, but I tasted an AeroPress coffee many years ago and immediately I was sold. I had to get one. AeroPress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour-over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years, I don't even remember how long it's been. And they are under 50 bucks so they also make an exceptional gift, thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. Hey, it's Jason here. Did you know you are invited to join the first ever Zero to Travel community trip? Yes, we're planning a trip together. We're headed to Morocco November 30th through December 9th. And you can get all the details at zerototravel.com slash trip. It's open for booking now. We have 13 spots left at the time of this recording. And you have until the end of March to book. So if you're interested in traveling with an amazing community, this community, a small group of people, 
on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me. Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. Um, yeah, so I would say family wise, um, absolutely the time that we have together is, is really bonded us together, um, closer. Um, some, a lot of people ask us, do you guys ever get sick of each other? (laughs) Because we're with each other all the time, you know? And honestly, I would say not really. I mean, you know, we, we have moments of course, you know, but you know, we, we know kind of, you know, we'll go and have some alone time. You know, my oldest son will go read in his room for a couple hours or I'll take a walk, you know, by myself or, you know, something like that. Like we, we, we know when we need to kind of have some time or have a break, but for the most part, you know, we really work well together. Um, our boys don't fight ever, which is amazing. Um, you know, because when they were younger, they fought all the time When we were back at home, they fought all the time and, and they've kind of learned that they have to get along because there's nobody else, you know? Um, so that's been a, a really good change to see in their relationship as they've gotten closer. And I think some of that is because of their ages, but I think a lot of it is more the circumstances of, of our lifestyle and, and always being together. Um, but I would say for them, one of the biggest changes that I've noticed in them is just how resilient they are. Um, and I knew that about kids, but but this experience has proven that even more. They're very resilient. They adapt very easily. Um, and uh, and that's really cool to be able to see that. Like, I think in some ways they're more adaptable than even I am. You know, um, their expectations are lower Um, they, they just go with the flow, you know, they don't worry so much as much as I do, you know, which is part of that just comes from the territory of being a parent and an adult, but, but still, um, that's been really cool to see. And I think the thing that has been the most gratifying as a parent in watching them, um, is, is how, um, much this experience has opened their eyes to really seeing, what we have uh, taken for granted in the United States. Um, you know, we've obviously been in a developing world for two years and, uh, you know, being and seeing those cultures firsthand and seeing how people live, um, you know, how most of the countries down here live or most people in the countries down here live. It's a whole different experience than what we have in the States. And that was one of our biggest, you know, driving factors in traveling full time and choosing an, a region of the world that wasn't like the United States. We wanted our boys to be able to experience that and to see how much we really truly are blessed with the United States. And, and so seeing that and hearing them talk about that, you know, and seeing, um, you know, and having those experiences together, you know, and, and seeing how people live in poverty, you know, most people live in poverty and, and seeing how they live day to day, but yet they're happy, you know, they're happy with less. Um, seeing kids kick an old soccer ball around and that's like their one toy that they have, you know, um, and just seeing the joy in their faces for us to, to make that connection as a family together has been by far the most rewarding, um, experience. Um, and that's what we wanted out of this whole thing was we wanted to go home and have that change of perspective and our kids to go back to school with friends and to, to see the, the, the challenges that maybe kids there, you know, are complaining about and to just be like, you have no idea. You have no idea how blessed you are. 
um, and how lucky you are to, you know, your biggest stress is what you're going to wear to school that day, you know, like, you know, the kids down in South America, you know, I mean, it's, it's survival for them, you know? Um, so that for us has been really cool to, to hear their experiences firsthand and their thoughts on seeing the world from that perspective. Um, you know, it's changed them, it's changed us. And, and it's, it's different than like going on vacation and experiencing it. We live surrounded by it, you know? Um, and so, and we're not living in poverty here. Like we're living in the in a nice Airbnb that has Wi-Fi and a refrigerator. But we definitely, you know, we're surrounded by neighborhoods and areas where people don't, you know, live like that. Um, and we travel through, you know, lots of um, pretty poor areas. And and you know, for us to see that and experience that day in and day out, it it it's there's no doubt it won't change you. Mm. I wanted to get a sort of a quick hit best piece of advice on a couple of different things since you've been doing this for a little while now. Uh, I know one of the things you teach is how to get paid to travel without a big following on Instagram. So <laughs> what is, what is the answer to that? What is your best yeah, piece of advice so, for that? So yeah, I, I have a membership program that teaches people kind of how to do what we do. Not necessarily that they don't have to do it full time, but, but someone that's like, Hey, I really want to travel more. Uh, maybe, I, maybe they have a travel blog, maybe they don't, but, but they really want to be able to have those kind of experiences with their family. Um, and so, yeah, one of the things that I do is I teach people, I coach people how to do that. Um, and the secret behind uh, not necessarily because a lot of people think, oh, I've got to have this massive following, you know, on social media, I, or I need to have a huge readership on my blog. And while those things help, of course, it's not everything. Um, so what I teach people is how to leverage their strengths, you know, whether it's uh, content creation, whether it's writing, um, whether it's maybe web designing even, or, um, you know, there's so many different skill sets that we can offer companies and specifically even tourism companies um, that can allow us these opportunities. So I essentially help people leverage their skill set and, you know, expand their skill set too, but leverage what they have um, to be able to pitch and negotiate and and form these partnerships with um, different companies, whether they're hotels, tourism boards, product brands, you know, tourism companies, whatever. Um, it's It's been really fun. And I love to be able to help people kind of pursue a passion. You know, of course, travel is our, my biggest passion. And so if I can align that with other people and, and help them do something out of that and make it a job, whether it's a side hustle or a full-time gig, it's pretty fun. Cool. How about for staying within budget? Of course, budget means different things to different people. But you know, when you're traveling with a family of four, it's not like you're traveling by yourself. You know, it's a lot easier to be on a budget then. So what is your best piece of advice for traveling with like, you know, either as a couple or a family or a small group or something like that, keeping expenses down? Yeah, reasonable. definitely. My biggest piece of advice is to slow travel if you can. Um, it's just way more budget friendly than having to hop around and, you know, fly to different places. Even if you're just going somewhere for vacation, um, you know, stay in one spot, you know, find a, a good home base, I guess you could call it. And then, you know, do some side trips from that home base. It's so much cheaper uh, to stay in one place and uh, negotiate a better rate with like an Airbnb, for example. Um, if we can stay at least a month in one place, we can get like 
at least 50% off of their nightly rate. Um, so that is a huge savings for us because instead of paying, you know, perhaps 1500 a month on accommodations or more, if we were moving around a lot, um, we're spending seven, $800 a month to stay in a nice house with lots of space, maybe a yard, you know, um, it's just a lot cheaper. Uh, so slow travel for sure is one of, one of my, my biggest tips. Um, if you want to stretch your budget, you know, stay in one place, um, and, you know, I know that's hard when you only have two or three weeks off maybe for a vacation, but I promise like if you choose wisely, there is so much that you can explore from one place. Um, you know, diving deeper into a place is, is so much more gratifying to me than just hopping around and seeing the highlights, you know, um, I just feel like you come away with a more enriching experience and a more meaningful experience. Um, because you're able to slow down, you're able to meet the local people and actually, you know, really dive into the culture and and just feel like you're immersed more, if that makes sense. So that's one of my biggest tips. My other tip is don't fly, you know, or or, you know, cut down on the flying, you know, because for us, like we travel a lot on buses and we get to really see a lot more of the countryside when we travel by bus or train. Um, and we get to meet more people that way. Um, but it's also way cheaper, you know, generally and better for the environment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very um, cool. Yeah. I think slow travel is great. I mean, obviously there are so many advantages to it. And also that I'm sure that helps a lot with the working thing too. Like you mentioned the struggles with the schedule and productivity and things like that. It's very cool what you guys are doing. Obviously, uh, I'm a fan. Uh, that's no secret you know, taking the leap to do it. And uh, I wanted to have you on to just kind of share your story a bit. And, you know, for anybody listening, that's wondering if that's something that they want to do, you get, we get to hear Christina's experience. You want to just let everybody know where they can find you as a reminder. And if you want to, if you have some parting words of wisdom on the, on the nomad lifestyle, go for it. (laughs) Well, my parting words of wisdom, and and this is going to sound like super cliche, but it really is like a thousand percent true. It's like, if you, if you dream of this lifestyle, absolutely anybody can make this happen. And if anything, the pandemic has shown us even more so (laughs) this year that working remotely is possible um, for, you know, so many folks that maybe didn't think that they could do that, um, you know, before. Um, I, you know, one of the things that I, I always want to inspire people is like, if you dream of this lifestyle, even if you have a nine to five job, you know, right now, like you absolutely can make it happen. Um, I mean, we did. And, you know, it was it was hard, of course, and it still is has its challenges. But it really is something that anybody can do. Um, so that's something that I, I really hope to, I don't want people to just think it's like, oh, this travel dream lifestyle that that only certain folks can do. It's like, no, this is really, if you want it, and you want it really bad enough, you can make it happen. Um, and so that's something that I, I really hope to inspire people to know. Um, but yeah, in terms of where to find us, so on Instagram is where we mostly hang out. Um, and we are Max underscore Explore, M-A-C-S, Max is, McAvoy's our last name, Max is kind of short for that, um, Max underscore Explore, that's where we hang out on Instagram, um, so we share all of our adventures and travels, um, and we also are on YouTube, but we're really bad at updating our YouTube, so <laughs> we're well, like, 
Can't do it all, right? I mean, you're doing a lot. Yeah, congrats once again on, first of all, you know, 10 years as a cancer survivor. Amazing. 20 years in marriage. And now two years out on the road with your family. So you got a lot, of, a lot to be grateful for. And I certainly have been grateful to get a chance to, to speak with you today and to share this conversation with everybody listening. So thank you so thank much. You. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking to you. And um, I hope your listeners uh, enjoy this episode. <laughs> the same. Yeah. All right. Take care. Thank you. Bye, Jason. Bye-bye. There you have it. I want to thank Christina once again for stopping by, sharing her story, letting us know the reality of life out on the road with the family, living in South America. So cool. Always inspired by people that are out there just living their life, doing it different, staying true to that whole travel soul, right? You want to get out there, you want to travel and finding a way to do it and getting out there and making it happen. Despite, as she mentioned, that that idea of being out of your comfort zone every day which is not easy and can be exhausting on many levels sometimes, but also making you feel alive, right? That's, a, that's one of the bonuses, I'd say, of getting out of your comfort zone every day is that feeling of, hey, I don't know what's going to happen here. <laughs> Waking up, I'm not really sure where this day is going, and that can be scary, but also fun, right? So... Thank you for the lovely chat. You know, another thing that we talked about is this idea of setting goals, right? She talked about overestimating what you can get done uh, specifically. And her example was learning Spanish. You know, they thought they could uh, learn Spanish and be fluent in Spanish already. And this brought up one of my favorite quotes. I don't remember who said it, but it's something along the lines of, you overestimate what you can get done in a day and underestimate what you can get done in a year. And that's so true. And I think the times that I've spent overestimating what I could get done in a day were, by the end of the day, I'd say I'd felt pretty crappy in some ways. I was setting myself up for disappointment, right? I thought that I could get so much done. Uh, and, and then I looked back and I got two things done from my to-do list, right? And that's a bad feeling. So I think this is a bit of an art as well, is trying to figure out, you know, what can you actually get done in a day? And being realistic with that. I'm not saying to be lazier or not not go for it. Or what's the word I'm looking for? The podcaster can't find the word he's looking for. <laughs> I'm not saying to uh, try to underachieve? That's not it either. Maybe it'll come to me. Anyway, I think you know what I'm saying. The The idea is not to not set goals and go for things, but set them in a realistic way. It's 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 not something you can do perfectly every time. But, you know, particularly relating to travel, I thought this was an interesting thing to bring up because, you know, you want to try to limit these times when, when you're your own you're kind of your own uh, worst enemy, right? Setting yourself up for failure before you even get started. So just uh, something I wanted to bring up that came out of this interview. And I liked how she let some of her life goals determine the destinations there. This idea of, okay, well, we want to learn Spanish. You know, we want to do this, that, and the other. And, and what are the places that that we can go that that'll, can allow us to do that? And, you know, sometimes it's destination-driven travels or, uh, you know, at least kicking off a trip. Hey, what do we want to see? What do we want to do? And other times it might be more driven by the things 
that you want to do. And, and Destination has those things, happens to have those things to offer, which is a great way to whittle down which destinations you might want to visit. So, you know, all these different ways to look at travel. And I'm endlessly fascinated by how uh, people do this. So, yeah, that was just one thought I wanted to share on the downside of goals. You know, try not to, uh, let's all try not to set ourselves up for failure by overestimating what we can get done in a day. But consistent action every day, if you're somebody who is trying to take your family out on the road or, or you want to quit a job and save a bunch of money and go traveling, whatever, just consistent actions you take every day really add up. And that's where that second part of the quote comes in that we underestimate what we can get done in a year. And by taking consistent action every day, it is amazing when you look back and you see how much you have gotten done if you're taking those actions. So give yourself a pat on the back. I'm doing it right now. Just a few thoughts there. And one other thing as we come out of this episode, I, I wanted to talk about this idea of the Instabond, we call it in our community location indie, which is, you know, if you've ever been around a bunch of other travelers when you're out out there on an adventure or you know, you meet some other people that are, say, on, on a similar adventure alongside of you, or you walk into a hostel and you really connect with people immediately. We call that the Instabond because you kind of have this shared experience, right? You're these foreigners in a foreign land. Uh, I'm referring specifically to other travelers that you might come across, and, and you're both already pre-qualified in, in the sense that you know, hey, if this person's you know staying in the hostel with me, in that example, this this actually was true with my wife because we met in a hostel in Brazil. And I said, well, she's traveling through South America by herself. She, she's staying in a hostel. So she doesn't mind, you know, being in maybe a little bit more dirtier environment or, or you know, taking uh, showers in a dirty bathroom and, and budget traveling and all that stuff. Already, I'm like, hey, this is, you know, she's cool. I already know she's cool. I haven't even talked to her yet. She's she's already won me over in some ways because she's cool with this. All right, if you're cool with uh, being on an adventure like this, traveling by yourself through South America, not afraid to be out of your comfort zone, going back to that, must be salt of the earth kind of gal, and she is. So that was something that connected me with her immediately, even before I had spoken with her. And I find that a lot with other travelers, right? You just kind of have this shared experience. And this got me thinking about what's been going on in the world with the pandemic and everything like that and trying to find those silver linings like everybody else. We hopefully are coming out of this soon and, and just thinking about, hey, what what good can we take from this experience? And one of those things I think might be this shared experience, right? Just like you meet other travelers and you have a shared experience, you know, hey, you're both in the city exploring or wherever you're at. And there's already this commonality and maybe some shared values. Now, in, in that sense, maybe as we speak globally, everybody's values are different. But now we do have this shared experience on a mass level with the pandemic, right? We've all kind of been through this thing together and we know people that have been affected or been affected ourselves. And how can that not bring us closer together, right? It must bring us closer together in some ways. In the same way that you kind of walk into a, a hostel or maybe a, a some kind of a walking tour, whatever you're doing out there on the road, and, and you feel like sort of these kindred spirits, like, hey, these these are these people are travelers like me, right? Well, we've all been through this pandemic together. So, you know, even though we all have our differences, maybe on some level, having this shared experience brings us closer together on a mass scale. And that's what travel is really about too, right? 
I mean, we travel so we can connect more to different cultures, connect with people, and and come come together in in a in a sort of an authentic way, have these real connections, right? So anyway, I don't know how that works practically speaking, but I just like the idea of the of this shared experience bringing all of us closer together as human beings. And I just wanted to riff on that because I have a microphone. That's what I'm doing. (laughs) So anyway, with that, I will let you go. By the way, get in touch anytime if you want to share something with the community or recommend a guest for the show or whatever the case is, recommend yourself as a guest, whatever. Jason at zero to travel.com is my email. And I also have a link in the show notes where you can leave me a voice message pretty easily. So feel free to do that. Okay. Now I will leave you with a quote from, let's see, I'm going to reach into the quote drawer here. Let's see. I can pull something out. Here we go. Thich Nhat Han. In order to understand others, we must know them and be inside their skin. Then we can treat them with loving kindness. The source of love is our fully awakened mind. Beautiful words. Thank you so much. I'll leave you with those lovely words and I will bid you farewell. Peace and love, my friend, and I will see you next time. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.